everybody, welcome back to another episode of Just Talking With I'm here, my sidekick is here. Here. And so is our guest. Let's get started. Who do we have on today's show? Today we have the founder of the Jonathan Foundation, Raja, and her son, Jonathan. Wow, I can't wait to hear their journey. Absolutely. But before we get started, let's give a shout out to our sponsors, Fade Life Clothing, BCK Online, and APR. Fade Life Clothing is a unique clothing line out of Atlanta, Georgia, geared towards those who love intoxicating style. BCK Online is a digital online magazine that keeps you in the know and today's entertainers, rising stars, parents, and much more. And Link PR is definitely the missing link to your success in the entertainment industry. I'm glad Fade Life Clothing, BCK Online, and Link PR are all back in the Now then, grab a snack, sit back, relax, and as always, enjoy the show! All right, Raja, Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. All right, let's get into it. Um, okay, Raja, you are the founder of the Jonathan Foundation. Tell us exactly what the foundation is and what its mission is. Well, the foundation started in 2001 because of my own trials and tribulations with my own two children, with Jonathan and Omar. Um, I was finding uh, brick walls trying to fight the special education system to get services for both of them. Turned out into a big lawsuit, went into the Ninth Circuit Federal Court, um, major burden on family structure, uh, finances, emotional burden, and uh, I had got pissed off. I was one very, one very pissed off mother, if, with all due respect. Right. Right. <laughs> right. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got angry because it cost so much money. It was... Uh, in in the six digits, seven digits at the end when it was all said and done after all the years. And then I said, you know, how, how do families navigate the system when they don't have money? We were blessed to have a house that I ended up selling to get money to pay attorney fees. I was getting six digit attorney fees in the mail. A lot of problems with my, my ex-husband now, husband then. Um, it really breaks up the family. I didn't think that uh, families should be broken up because of Uh, special education needs. And I didn't believe that children should be sacrificed for a free and appropriate public education. And so I started the Jonathan Foundation to give support to families and give them hope and find success in the children and have them look at education in a positive light versus a negative light. Wow, that's amazing. That is, yeah. That is. All right, um, Jonathan, foundation is named after you. Tell us about your journey leading up to the creation of it. Uh, it was very intense. Um, at the start of it, you know, anybody with a disability, you compensate as long as you can. And by the time they found out that I had a disability, I compensated it to the first grade. Um, from then, it was the trial and tribula- tribulations that come. Um, at first, there was a lot of emotional because at a young age, you can't really express your feelings. So right. for me... Um, I'm severely dyslexic, and at the young age, I couldn't read some words like and, the, but, and you can see, like, feel the heat of the eyes of the students around you. I'm tripping up on simple three little words. The teacher is trying to talk to you, and then his, the diction of the teacher's voice change, and my comprehension is very high. So I felt belittled at a young age. I start getting frustration. I don't understand why I can, under, I can comprehend everything, but I can't read simple words. So that kind of was the start of it. 
And as you go through it, and as I went up, there was a misunderstanding between what I was going through and, you know, disconnected with my mom. Uh, a mother wants to be there for the child. And as my mom was there for me, the one thing she would always tell me is the, the, the encouraging words, I understand. But she didn't realize that encouraging words, I understand, were actually trigger words for me. Because she couldn't understand what I was mentally going through while I was in the school system and going in, in and out of classes. At a young age, I actually had a teacher in an RSP class tell me that RSP stood for retarded, stupid people. Oh, I my was, gosh. Yeah. Wow. I can't process that at a young age. I can't. No, 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 no child should be told to that. Mom. No. Awful. So when you have stuff like that happen and you can't express it as a child and my mom comes to me and tells me to understand it, it would it create a turmoil and like a disconnect. So then I went to being very frustrated as she started fighting to figure out what she can do to help. So emotionally, I, I, I was frustrated. Um, I started acting out and, and fighting and stuff like that only till she went through the struggles of, of getting me into proper placement where then I was able to have a support system around me starting to explain what dyslexia is and helping me understand my disability because I was never going to wake up and not have it. So I was unique where I was on a ledge where I could have been negative or positive, but the power of my mother pulled me into a positive. And then even after that, I was lucky enough where I was put in a placement where the teacher and the school body around me would help me understand my disability. And then I started finally excelling as far as that goes. So um, that and that was the start of the journey to, this, to success is going through the hardship and then getting to there and then starting to get the growth. Wow. That is amazing. I mean, I think that's almost in a sense heroic. It is. Definitely. It really is. Raja, now you, you created this foundation and it seems that it's an amazing feat. What is the one thing or several things even that you enjoy most about what you've created? Number one is the children and number two are the parents or the guardians because um, the children are really in a bad spot and they don't have a power in the school and they seem, right. they, you know, they're at a disadvantage. The, the younger ones that come to me, I end up reaching them in a different level. I like to meet them in person and the older ones can express what's going on in the school level. And so I like to empower them and tell them, I am your voice. I am your advocate. I I'm working for you. So whatever it is that the school is is not doing for you that's bothering you, let me know and let me be the voice to go into the meetings with your mom and dad or guardian and um, advocate for you. And so it builds a, <clears throat> excuse me, a level of comfort for the children and they feel empowered because now it's not just mom and the teachers or dad or my guardian in the room. It's someone that's really going to go fight for me. And it it's like a game changer. It makes a difference because when I was advocating for my own two sons, I didn't have a Raja to advocate for me. It was me and it was, right. it was very emotional. As a parent, you go into those rooms, you're very emotional. You're one or two people, parents, and, you know, maybe 10 IEP staff members. And so it's the majority is school district staff and the minority are the parents. And if the parents are not educated and do not understand how to navigate the system, then they cannot help their children as much as they would love to. And so by empowering the children and meeting with them and telling them, I, under, I understand what you're going through, Jonathan, hold <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> 
with a respect on how assessments are are scored and interpreted because I'm pretty well versed in reading the data and the assessments that the psychologists and the neuropsychologists administer to the children. So I understand the report, the data are reading pretty well. Right. In that aspect, I understand, not in Jonathan's point of view. And um, so I can actually look at the data and, and tell the parents, here's what's going on. Here's the deficits just based on the data without reading the whole report. And I can look into the eyes of the child and say, you have a, a, a challenge in the area of math or you can't process, you don't understand. And, and they go, wow, she connects, she understands. And it's because of what the data says. And so that's a big deal for me because it's a breakthrough. And then the other part of it, the the parents are, um, they're very uh, um, intrigued and, and I like shed a light for them when I talk to them because I can tell them here are the deficits and here are the challenges where, where your child, what's happening with your child. And the reason your, your, your son or daughter are not listening to you, it's not because they're being defiant, is because they can't auditory process three, four different instructions. They can't process you know, instruction one, instruction two, instruction three, and instruction four. They might go to the room and you might tell them, clean your room and then bring me down the dirty laundry. So they might get as far as cleaning the room and completely forget the dirty laundry. And then you think as a parent that they're being defiant. They're not being defiant. They're just only able to process one instruction versus three at one time. And so that's another breakthrough for the parents in that um, for me, when I see success with the children and I see success with the parents, and that's it. I've, I've had parents come to me crying wow. because of what they didn't know what to do for their children and what they've experienced with, with me getting involved with their children and the school district. That's amazing. That is. That is one, one of the cool things from an outside perspective, because I, I see her interaction with the kids when she the fact that she interacts with the kids kind of goes deeper because she gets to understand the kids more than just what's on paper. So you get that real interaction and, and paper is going to be an interpretation of what the assessor sees and observes. And at the same token, she can sit with the kid and she kind of the kid has that connection with my mom as well. And when they develop that comfort, sometimes I've, I've seen kids want to reach out to her because they feel that level of comfort and they know they can talk to her and they can release because she fights for them as if it's her own. So it's it's kind of it's important the way that she does things because not only does she have the trust of the parents that really in, in endorse and love what she does, the kids themselves, I've seen a lot of them really embrace her and you know, tell their parents, I want to go talk to Roger because I want to tell her what's going on because I wanted to be there. So it, it, it lets her have like a deeper level with the child, which also allows her to be that much more powerful in the IEP, knowing the child that much because they're willing to open up to her on levels that they might not otherwise if she didn't go that extra step to meet with them. That's right now that connection is definitely important. That's yeah. now I know you guys use uh, is it IAP or IEP? Can you tell us exactly what, kind of what that is? It's an IEP and it's an individual education plan. It's an actual legal contract between the school district and the child with the parent being the guardian. The educational, the parent has educational rights over the child and the IEP is a legal document that the school district has to provide services based on what's written in it. And if the school district is out of compliance or in violation of any of the information, the services or placement that's written into the IEP, the parent can actually take that document to a special education attorney and initiate a due process against the school district to make it right. Wow. Wow. 
That's amazing. That is. Now, Jonathan, I want to get back to you for a second. You know, you told us your story and looking back, would you give any advice to your younger self? I honestly wouldn't. Um, Really? I I wouldn't because of multi... I, I feel what you go through helps build you into who you are. And if I decide to detour or give advice to myself to change the way I did something in the past, how it could affect my perspectives today in life. Um, on the back of my, on my, on my business card, actually, I put a quote for myself and I tell people because adversity is put into our lives to build us, not break us. Let your challenges help you grow. And I feel my challenges in my past have helped me grow in so many ways. I wouldn't want to deter that and alter anything in the future. If I did anything, I would watch myself struggle because it would re-encourage me because sometimes you forget the little things that happened in the past because you go you go through through it so fast. That's true. That's true. And that, I love that quote. Yeah, I love it. That, Definitely. Yes, that's right. That's right. a great quote. Now, Raja, how do you see the foundation growing? I want to go national. Um, I already asked. Good goal, yeah. <laughs> go, go big, go, don't they go, say? Go, go big, go yeah. big. You have two cheerleaders, Professor. Go, well, three. Jonathan, can we count on you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> so I'm going to go big and I'm going to go long. I really want, I've already advocated in states like Nebraska, uh, Seattle, Washington, Texas, Wisconsin, Vegas, and it's just a matter of understanding the state laws and understanding the federal laws and knowing how to navigate those states when you get in there for the families based on the school district policies. But above all, uh, federal law pr- uh, supersedes any of the, any of the others. And so um, I'm finding more and more that a lot of parents are not as educated and don't know what to do for their children in the special education area. And I'd like to empower them and teach them and educate them uh, with whatever knowledge I have, with whatever experience that I've in- endured during my trial and tribulations with my own family and pass it down to other families so that they can empower their children, whether it's on a consult basis, a coach basis, an IUP advocacy. It, it doesn't matter. Sometimes a parent might need one question answered prior to entering an IEP with their with their children in the school. And so it makes all the difference. And that's where I see the foundation going. That's awesome. That is. We're cheerleading. Yes, it's going to go there. So you've spoken it out in existence. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, Jonathan, what is the one thing that you want parents and or the children that you all work with to take away and gain from the Jonathan Foundation? Not to have to go through all the hardship. Um, going through it at a young age, I felt I was alone. I felt I was the only one going through it being dyslexic. Um, and I only realized working with parents and kids at an outside perspective, the art between showing, not telling, uh, normally as a parent, you tell your child what to do. Um, but I've been able to show Tara by relating to them and how they communicate because you, cause it kind of breaks down the walls and shows them that they're not alone. So for me, it would be to allow kids to understand that they're not alone for it and get the encouragement, help them spread their wings to gain success. And for parents to understand that, you know, just because a school system has the title of a school, doesn't mean they're going to do everything that's right for your child. Like get people in your corner that are really going to help fight for your child and get them what they, what they deserve and understand that the limitation for kids are, are endless. Um, I've done stuff where I've gone back and talked to like my old high school and um, talking to kids, you can see they're, they're, they're 
you could see how they open up with with possibilities but also i've also watched parents limit their kids because they have a so-called disability but at the end of the day for me it's have parents be be strong enough to push their kids even though they have to disabilities but if they see them stumble be there to pick them up right right that's That's, awesome it is how can people get more involved with the jonathan foundation what we'd really need is donations, pay it forward, promote it, sponsorship, uh, especially during our fundraisers throughout the, when we have it in uh, once a year, but then we're trying to get more programs where we can do more public awareness and like mini fundraisers. Um, sponsorship is a big deal because assessments, we fund psychoeducational assessments and they cost Anywhere from $4,500 to about $10,000. Wow. This this is what we bring to the table. So it's a huge undertaking to raise that kind of money every year. And we're able to fund four or five, six children based on the money that's bringing in. I'd like to do way more than that and fund more children. And it's the assessments because the psychoeducational assessments – they test, the teachers test or the psychoeducational um, psychologist assessors test in the areas of social, emotional, behavioral, academic, and cognitive donate domains. And we believe, I strongly believe that everything happens within the confinements of the brain. So if you don't do the testing and you don't understand what's happening within the interior of that child, then you don't understand the behaviors on the exterior. And so uh, it just brings out what's happening and then you're able to help them more and and understand them more and identify with what's happening because it's the invisible disability. You cannot see within what's in the brain, but you can see the physical being of the person on the exterior. And so that's what we do. If, you know, we can get people to sponsor, to get involved, um, to want to help in those areas would be really great. Okay, guys, okay, well, nice. you all heard that, and so it's time for you to get involved. Mm-hmm. Go do that. All right, guys, we're going to go on a quick commercial break. Jonathan and Raja, would you all stay with us to have some fun next? Sure. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Well, welcome back, guys. If you're not downloading the Anchor.fm app, do it. Do it, so make your own podcast today. Let's get back into the show. The fun round. All right, so what is your favorite city and why? For me, Brooklyn, because I was raised in Brooklyn, so I'm a Brooklyn girl at heart. Okay. What about you, Jonathan? Recently, um, I have good friends from Colombia, so recently I've been traveling to Colombia a lot. So I've enjoyed Medellin and Armenia because it's just been very peaceful, very green, and it's just a very family-oriented out there. Whenever I go there, they make me feel like I'm family and I'm from there. So it's it's what I've really enjoyed recently. Right. I've, I've, it's been sad because I haven't been able to go back because of everything, but I want to go right. back. Well, okay. I, I think we'll both just travel with you guys. We'll go to Brooklyn first and then go to Columbia. Oh, cool. You should. It's, it's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> okay, guys. What's your favorite board game and why? Oh, Monopoly. Oh, Monopoly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you could steal properties. You yeah, could exactly. grow. <laughs> You can fantasize of what life may be like. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've had some some interesting Monopoly games, to say the least. Oh yeah, it, we had one that like lasted till midnight. Yeah, and it started at like seven o'clock. It was it was one of those neither one, die, no, not, yeah. neither one of us refused to give up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're dying. But anyway, <laughs> actually speaking of, 
Speaking of uh, weird. Go ahead. No, 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 go no, ahead, no. Jonathan. Go ahead. For me, honestly, um, it would be chess right now. I have a family friend whose dad has really been is like into chess. So oh, I've wow. been playing with him so often. I'm not good at it at all. But it would probably be that because I enjoy the interactions I've had with him and kind of spending time with him and, and doing that. That's so that's what, I, yeah. that's what I have to say. Oh, I love chess. Yeah, I do too. I'm not good at it at all, but I won one game against him and I was like, one. score. And then you retired. Yes. <laughs> and then I haven't played him since. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played him since. You're right. <laughs> you retired immediately. We're here, that. Jonathan. We're here. <laughs> okay. What is the weirdest thing that you have ever eaten? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to defer that one to Jonathan because I don't have an answer. Right. <laughs> I had a friend that went to Taiwan and I told him I would eat whatever he brought back. So oh, he no. brought me, I think it was some kind of cockroach or weird bug that oh, he brought back oh, from no. Taiwan that he had me eat because I told him I'd eat anything and he took advantage of that. I went to like the little, little oh. walk through little street things and found me something. I guess no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you don't say those kinds exactly. of things. They will intentionally find something weird. Exactly. That's yeah. Like, like, bring me back a, a souvenir, not yeah. something weird to eat. <laughs> okay. So, would you rather skydive or just stay on the ground? Oh, Jonathan gave me a great experience in Colombia. Took me for the first time paragliding, and I was scared oh. to death. And I, para, I tandem. Tandem did it with a, a, a man I don't know. Uh, I was attached to him, sat on his lap because it's you're like in a chair. Uh-huh. And I was told to stand up because they're going to get pushed off the cliff and go up in the air. And I was, hey, this ain't going to happen because I'm looking down and it doesn't look so nice. And so I, I ended up sitting on him, which that's not uh-huh. the way to do it. You got to stand and jump off. Uh-huh. So, so my two sons, my two sons, one on each side, helped me help him and I get up and they pushed us <laughs> off the cliff. And it was nice. the most, it was the most beautiful, peaceful, serene experience ever. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, looking over Colombia. Colombia is a beautiful country with green pastures all over. It's just, it was incredible. Oh, that sounds, that sounds like fun. That yeah. sounds like, I don't know about jumping off the mountain. I'd do it. You would. You yeah. totally Why would. Why not? <laughs> well, well, Jonathan's gone skydiving. Yeah, I just, I've, you know, I've I don't know that I would do that. And then she re- she refused to go skydiving with me. She said she wouldn't do it. So and I so the next best thing I figured out was paragliding, because <laughs> the way it works is they'll find like an updraft of wind and they will go into that updraft and that will uh-huh. lift you in the air. So you're you'll just get shot up in the air with the updraft of wind and you kind of just float around and you got to refund the updraft to kind of bring you back in so you can like cycle like in a smaller area, without like the adrenaline of jumping out of a plane and then the fast rush and they pop the parachute and then it stops and you glide. So I felt it was the most balanced where I can have her get the idea of parachute, of like um, going skydiving as far as parachuting, but at the same type, uh, same token, she's just gliding and doing it. So right. it was my way of pushing her out of her comfort zone, mm. uh, but not major out of her major comfort zone for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that totally sounds. It sounds beautiful, but I'm gonna take y'all's word for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you guys travel to the past? Or, you know, or speed to the future? And where would you go? I'd go to the past. I'd go to five years old when my mom was still alive and my parents were, you know, it was a united family. Um, I didn't get to see my mom grow. I, you know, my my mom died when I was 10. So I didn't get to have a lot of experience with her. And so I would give anything to go back and just relive that part of her. Oh, that's, yeah, that's sweet. That is. What about you, Jonathan? 
as you grow up, I think you take for granted like the people that you know. Um, it's interesting because my mom's dad is someone that I was always really close to, but I was young when he passed. So I never really, even though I felt really close to him, I've never really been able to have a converse, like a, a long conversation like you would with somebody when they're older because when he passed, so I would want to go back and get to know him on a deeper level because as much as I feel connected to him, I would right. just like to, 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 to be able to know more and to just, um, you know, develop that relationship even more wow yeah that's yeah those are good good jumps to the past those are great answers those are great answers what is the one ability that you believe everyone should possess kindness absolutely Absolutely. honestly ethics there's so many unethical people in the world i think if people were forced to be more ethical it'd be a little bit better that's true too. make a fair point that is true too it is true if you can only sing five things for Desert Island, what would they be? Oh, I want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll play. Roger, have you been planning this? <laughs> I like this question. <laughs> because it wouldn't be a thing. I'd have to bring Jonathan with me. Water, tent, a knife, and a tool. Because Jonathan is an outside-the-box thinker, and he's in... You know, he's had a lot of experience in construction and, and I think, you know, we'd survive with with right. Jonathan. So okay. uh, that those are my items and person. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jonathan? Well, I'd bring a tent. I'd probably bring something to kind of purify water from like cacti and something to kind of be resourceful. Right. Um, some kind of, you know, radio, just, just in case emergency if I need it, like a CV or something um and then just uh more like hand tools and stuff that you basically need for surviving and stuff i would have fun with it i'd want to go somewhere where i can really enjoy it because i think of desert i think you know um my mom's in prescott so even though it's the desert you have parts of the desert that are green that people don't know about they don't they think desert just is dry heat so i would want to go somewhere where i could really explore and have fun and you know experience something new that sounds cool that sounds cool yeah we, we ask this question a lot. It's one of our favorite ones, just to kind of hear what people would say. Would say. And I don't think I would make it. I just uh, don't, because I'm like, oh, I don't uh, think I would take that. Oh, you know what? I do need that. So you got those, yeah. those were great answers. We would not make it. We, make we it. would not make it. But you guys have heard it enough. Now you guys could put, like, the perfect toolkit together. You guys exactly. should be You're right. true. <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> we, we would have to borrow you, Jonathan. Yes. Okay, guys, what is one advertising jingle with words that can get stuck in your head? Oh, Lucky Charms, they're magically delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the cereal for me. It's younger. They're great. Tony the Tiger. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. It's <laughs> just what I remember watching cartoons as a kid on the TV, and it's just always pop, 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 that repetition. That's true. That's true. See, she had to add with words because going back when we were doing this question first, I said the Home Depot theme and she was like, that has no words. I'm like, you never said words. <laughs> so it back and forth for like several minutes until finally it just had to become with words. Yeah. <laughs> he got me. Then he pulled That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Good job. Because I, 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 I was thinking about it first and I'm like, you know, the NFL, but there's no words to the NFL. It's just like the jingle because I, you know, yeah, I watch sure, football, sure. but it doesn't have words to it. So right. words to it has to be Tony the Tiger. They're great because right. there you go. There you go. So see. <laughs> 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 
All right. So, what is your favorite movie that you can watch on repeat anytime? Uh, for me, it's The Notebook. I don't know if you've seen The Notebook. It's a love story that it reminds me a lot of. Well, you'd have to read my memoir when I write it to understand why I connect with The Notebook. And okay. I'll leave it at that. Well, we're going to look out for that. Right. <laughs> I still have yet to see The Notebook. It's been forever. I know. I have to. Effort. Okay, that's going to be on our wish list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our watch list. <laughs> what about you, Jonathan? Honestly, it would be Smoking the Bandit because it's just when I was younger, we used to watch it a lot, memorized half the movie. And it's one of those things where it's just the memory of being with everyone, saying the words before it comes out. It's just like, you know, just the memory surrounded by it. That's, yeah. yeah. I think I have a long list. So yeah, I have like a whole bracket of stuff that I go yeah. <laughs> Like earlier, we were watching uh, Troy with the, the Brad Pitt version. Oh, yeah. And I was sitting there saying the lines along with no. I'm like, whoa. Last night, you were like giving like one of the monologues from The Mummy. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> it, it was playing. And I was like, okay, we've seen this movie way too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The other one is like my cousin Vinny is a good one. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, yeah. That's that a good one that I could always watch no matter what. Okay, guys. Would you guys change your name for a day or leave it alone? Leave it alone. I wouldn't change because it's such a different name, Raja. That's true. That's true. In Raja, Middle Eastern, because I'm Middle Eastern, is translated in English as hope. So I bring hope to the families and children. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. beautiful. That really Definitely. is. That's true. Yeah, leave it alone. Leave it alone. I I would leave it alone. My name translates backwards as Marhaba Amir Jonathan, which is High Prince Jonathan. So I'm pretty set <laughs> up. I don't know why I would change it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't, change that at all. don't change that at all. So why yeah. would you even touch it? Yeah. <laughs> High Prince Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. you're good. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, you guys have one person to give a shout out to. Who is it, and why'd you pick them? Oh. I have a really sister, like a really good sister friend of mine I've known for about 30 years. And her name is Nicole Shelby. She's an incredible mom, has four children, been through a lot in life. I mean, life through her, everything. She uh, immigrated to to California and uh, she was a brand new bride in her 20s. And she was pregnant and gave birth to her beautiful baby girl and uh, her husband passed away in an accident wow oh, so, so not understanding english being in a new country um new bride your husband dies you're with a new baby and you're left for survivor and to you know this girl ended up remarrying had a very difficult marriage second marriage lasted it for i don't know 22 24 years got out of it it was uh, pretty um not such a great marriage. She, a lot of abuse going on in it. And today she, you know, raised four beautiful kids. She's independent. She has her own home. She's in sales and she's thriving. So I'm shutting out for Nahid Shelby. Good for her. Good for her. Wow. What about you, Jonathan? I love Nahid. Yeah. She's like a, she's, she's amazing. I, I, I can't say anything more than that. Then my mom is, my mom's shadow is just she does she deserves it because I've seen her struggle with her kids. I've seen what she's done. I've seen how she's grown and how she's worked hard and just it's it's breathtaking. Um, I think uh, but if I had to pick, I have a friend of mine who's been through some hardship. Um, his dad uh, is a, a cancer survivor three times, but because of it, um, 
is in a wheelchair and I saw this kid at 18 uh, who was the baby of the family and was sheltered, grow into an amazing human being, take care of his dad, be the caregiver, um, help be one of the breadwinners to his family. And I watched this entire family just grow stronger together when they could have grown apart. And it was very inspirational to see. So I'd, I'd really shout out my good friend, Mauricio Lopez. He's just, I, I told him a long, I told him when his dad was going through it, that would have to step up in many ways and to see the way he's done it is just nothing that I could have imagined. And I just, my hat goes off to him between the struggles he's done and the way he's matured and what he's done for his family. Wow. Those huh. sound like two amazing they people. They do. Definitely. What is the one piece of advice you would give to anyone listening? Never give up, no matter what. Okay. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, honestly, it's just everyone goes through their hardships. Don't find the negative whenever you go through. It's too easy. Look for the positive and, um, you know, keep pushing forward. Um, find the, the, the beauty in, in life and um, as you reach out to people, try to impact people in a positive way because you never know how that will affect them. You might not ever see it, but something positive you can do for someone could change their life in a major way. That's true. That's true. Definitely. It's great advice. In addition to all that you have going on, what's next for you? For me, I'm currently at the tail end uh, of writing and soon to be published and hopefully in the next month or two. Um a book for uh, my special education journey and all the trials and tribulations I've personally gone through and a whole bunch of resources for families and contact information for me. And it's called Unstoppable. And it's a parent survival guide for IEP and 504 plans. And so um, I'm very excited about that because the launch will be, I'm hoping, December and I'm working on the cover. I have it all over Instagram right now because I and uh, Facebook and LinkedIn because I want to get people's opinion what what would lure a parent to purchase that book. And so um, really excited about it. And I think it's going to help a lot of families when it finally gets published. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome, definitely. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I just uh, kind of hung up my construction, I did construction for 15, 16 years. So I find finally shifted out of construction. I'm going into real estate because I enjoy helping families kind of, you know, get to that next level, make the change. And through real estate, I, I, um, I donate part of my commission back to nonprofits. Um, I'm very much into giving back. Part of it goes to the foundation. Part of it, I let my clients actually pick a nonprofit they're passionate about. So I would love to keep striving for success and get to a point where I can give back to nonprofits, not only through funding, but also physically. Because I think as, as well as keep showing people the beauty of, of helping nonprofits, because I don't think everyone... Um, experiences that and that's part of why i do it from on my client's behalf because i want to show them the change they can make by contributing to an organization and changing somebody's life that's awesome that's awesome that's really yeah you guys are amazing you are thank you thank you thank you what is one thing you want our audience to know about you me is that i'm real what you see is what you get yeah i like that I'm I'm kind of a straight shooter. I really won't sugarcoat it. I'll tell you how things are. Um, very very blunt about things, and I mean it in the greatest way. Um, because it's uh, 
I, I, I want to know who I am. If you want to be around me, then great. If you don't, then I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're lost. Yeah, you're lost. Uh, yeah. KK, final question. Where can people find you on social media? Um, we Instagram and Facebook, the Jonathan Foundation Instagram and the Jonathan Foundation. Uh, I think it's for children with learning disabilities on Facebook. Um, and then we have our website, the jonathanfoundation.org, and it's J O N A T H A N. All right. Thank you both so much for being on. Thank you very much. We appreciate the opportunity. Thank you guys very Thank much you for, for having us. Raja, when your book comes out and becomes a bestseller, please come back. Yes. <laughs> I would love to. Actually, my publisher um, is, is hoping it would be a bestseller because when I when she approached me or I approached her to, to publish the book, she, when I told her my story, she said, oh, my gosh, you know, she went through special education herself. And she said, this book must go out. It must be in the hands of every parent out there. So most definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank well, you. thank you guys. Thank you, guys. So much. Thank, thank you. you guys. Did you guys enjoy the show? I know we did. Special thanks to Raja and Jonathan for joining us today. Make sure you check out the Jonathan Foundation and do your part to help. Remember, it takes a village. I'll see you guys next time. Peace out.